0: I would almost call this a part two from this morning. <laughs> kind of go together. Genesis 17, verse 1. It says, and When Abram was ninety years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the mighty, Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Abram was 99 years old. He's getting to be an old man, isn't he? That's getting up in years. And it says in verse 1, The Lord, Jehovah, the Lord of hosts, appeared to Abram. The word there appeared is Abram saw Him. Has any man seen the Father? They haven't, have they? For any person to see the Lord, they will see Him in the Lord Jesus Christ and only in Him. This was Christ appearing to Abraham. And He's telling him the same covenant promises that He's been telling him for 24 years. Each time He comes to him, He tells him the same thing. The same Gospels preached to him. And Abram fell on his face. Would to God I could fall on my face every time I hear those precious promises of the Lord. Just bow to them. When we hear this covenant of mercy that's found in Christ, the seed, singular, that we could forsake all and worship Him. You get a hold of this. The Almighty God, El Shadi, speaks to men. He speaks to women. He speaks to children. Those that He comes to, bond or free, rich or poor, it makes no difference. He speaks through His Word, but only to those that fall on their faces. We've seen that consistency from (laughs) earlier. When that Spirit comes, what happens? (laughs) What happens? It's revealed to us whose presence we're in and we fall on our faces. And that's right to do so. James told us, he said, you humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. When you see Him, you humble. The Lord said you worship Him with fear and trembling. Only those that are broken and a contrite heart will do so. David wrote this to us. He said the secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him. That fear Him and He will show them His covenant. He's making a covenant here with, with Abraham. <laughs> and he said, the Lord said, those that have this secret revealed to them, it's those that fear Him. And what is He going to reveal? His covenant. His covenant of grace. Abraham was mature. He was grown up. He was 99 years old. 99 year old man. And the Lord had told them of this covenant over and over again, didn't He? Why did the Lord appear in person and preach to Abram the same thing each time? I dwelled on that for a while. Abram forgot. I heard a man say it one time. He said, I'll never forget the Lord. Uh, you just might. My security not in me remembering Him. It's in Him remembering me. <laughs> His thoughts towards us were... He couldn't wait on the Lord. That's what got him and Sarah in that mess with Hagar. Abram just couldn't keep the promises of the Lord in the front of his mind. And he struggled so much with waiting on the Lord. Does that sound like anybody you know? Does that sound like me? Do I have those troubles? The Lord keeps reminding us over and over and the message does not change. We're not able With man, it's impossible. And He's able. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful? This covenant is with a man named Abram. This actually took place. But we're going to see, hopefully, at the end of this, this is a covenant the Father made with the Son. Every bit of this is a holy communion, holy conversation between the Father and the Son. That's what's pictured here. There's no doubt that the Lord made a covenant with Abram. And He made a covenant with a nation. The Jews, the lineage of Abraham, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He chose that national people. He led them. He provided for them. He put them in Egypt. God sent a famine. We don't know much about what that is, do we? Might soon. God sent a famine. And he said, that's horrible. Oh, it's so terrible. He didn't save his people. sent a famine to drive his people to Egypt. Because that's where Joseph was. It was corn in Egypt, wasn't it? And God kept them there. 400 years and then he made them come out what was the reason he it all down what was the very last thing that happened what was the reason that people came out of Egypt because of the blood of the Passover lamb what was the only reason they was alive to walk out of there because that blood was shed that blood was shed God chose a physical nation to show his sovereignty in electing grace His elect, His spiritual people. They were pictured to us and to the world by this physical nation. And not all the Jews were the seed of Abraham. We know that, don't we? Only two of them, over 20 years old, entered the promised land after the wilderness. But to show His power, the Lord said, I'll give nations for you. I'll give people for you. To show His power, to show His might, He sustained a nation on this earth. And he said, they're going to be a nation before me forever. And you know what? It's so. <laughs> they're still there. Nobody's wiped them off the mat yet and physically, have they? What does that proclaim to us? Do we go over and start worshiping them people? Or do we, well, you better start donating money to Israel. Don't worry about the word of the Lord here. Start sending you money overseas. It shows us God's sovereign election and His preserving power. His preserving power. They were a small in population. And the whole world seemed against them. And they've been preserved by a holy God. That's still the picture for us. The Lord said, many are called, few are chosen. And just like that rainbow we looked at before. We can walk outside whenever the rain's come in a few months, Lord willing, and see a rainbow. We still have that picture. We can go out, and the Lord teaches us through His Word what that means. Who that means. We can go out and look at it. His incorruptible seed is of all nations, all kindreds, all people, and all tongue. But we still have some illustrations of who Christ is and what He does for undeserving worms like me. Isn't that precious? Isn't that a precious thing? Next week we'll be looking at that picture the Lord gives in circumcision. In Romans 2, Paul writes to us, said, "...for he's not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh." He's a Jew which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men but of God. A man didn't do that. God did it, didn't he? These promises made to Abram, they're all showing us the promises made in Christ Jesus before the world was. Look down in verse 5. Genesis 17, 5. Neither shall thy name... Anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. Look at the language of this covenant. <laughs> we have a, if you have a law or something, what language is it in? Because it ain't in English, so I can't read it. <laughs> well, how, how's it to be read? Look at the language of the Lord's covenant. For a father of many nations have I made thee. Verse 6. And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful. And I will... Make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee, and their generations for an everlasting covenant, to be a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee, and I will give unto thee, and to thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. What part did Abraham have in that? What did he do? Turn over to Galatians 3. We'll see this a little clearer. We looked at this about two and a half years ago from Galatians, and we turned back to Genesis to see what Paul was writing to the church at Galatia about, and now we're going the opposite way. And I hope the message is the same, but the context a little different. Galatians chapter 3. writes to the church at Galatia, here in Galatians chapter 3, verse 8, and the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. Well, what were we talking about? Heathens. Did you know that Abram was not a Jew? Israel had not been established yet. He wasn't a Jew. He was born er Ur of the Chaldees. He was from Iraq, what we call nowadays. He was an idolater for 75 years of his life. The Lord's showing us that no one's a child of God because of who they are, who they were born to, what nation they were born in. we born of God. He was going to justify the heathen through faith. Abram was a heathen. And I'll tell you this too, and you can stand on it. All children of God are heathens you're His, you know you're heathen. We just saw it before, didn't we? We're convinced of sin. We're reproved of sin. And people say, well, I don't think that's right. Good people go to heaven. Oh, Grandma was so good. She was so nice. Let me tell you what God says. We read that when we went through the Psalms. Psalm 2, verse 8. The Father spoke to the Son. He said, ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. Well, I don't want to be a heathen. Well, keep trying. (laughs) It ain't going to work out good for you. It says in verse 8, And the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham. God preached the gospel to Abraham. How does God save sinners? Through the preaching of His Word. That's what He says, isn't it? God preached the gospel to Abraham. God preaches the gospel to Adam and Eve, didn't he? Who told you he was naked? What's well, in fig leaves? That's going to wilt. What you did to cover yourself ain't going to last. Bring me a lamb. And he slew it, and he tanned the hide, and he robed them. He covered them. He atoned for them. That was a gospel preached to them, wasn't it? All men and women and children that are saved are saved only one way by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. That Philippian jailer that's God's prophets. Said and they brought him out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Paul tells us in Romans ten, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That breath has to come. The ghost has to come, the spirit has to come. And breathe life. Verse 8. In the Scripture, for seeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the Gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. All nations. What's that mean? Uh, When Nicodemus, the Lord, first come to him, and he said, For God so loved the world. He was a Sanhedrin. His pride... Was that he was a Jew? And he just happened to come out being born to the physical nation, and that's like the Lord hit him where he lived. He was he was dealing with an individual sinner, one of his children, and He hit him where he lived. And the Lord says, "Here through Abraham, all nations will be blessed." Is there any nations you don't like? I've had a scuffle with one or two. Of them. Lord may have some children there. That, that big scary nation that everybody's worried about right now, what are they doing? The, there's some children of God listening to His preachers in that nation. In China and Russia and Ukraine and wherever. Whatever's going on, whatever bad, whichever side you can pick, the Lord has a people there. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Faith in who? What kind of faith are we blessed with? Faith in Christ. Look at verse 14. Galatians 3, 14. That the blessing of Abram, Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. <laughs> that concerns me. That's, you read that about the first son, the prodigal son. You didn't read about the, two, the other son. Well, that's where it hits me. That's the Gentiles, isn't it? That other one's the Lord's physical nation. I'm a Gentile. I don't have these pictures and types. I don't have a tabernacle to look at. I don't have a high priest. I, don't, I can't go in and smell what that blood smells like whenever there's a sacrifice. It's just words on a page. Till God's pleased to come to man. Reveal His Son. He made a covenant. It's His will. It's His doing, isn't it? Look at verse 15. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men. Though it be but a man's covenant. He says, I'm going to talk to you just like a, one guy talking to another. I'm going to give you an illustration. Though it be a man's covenant, if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. If we go into agreement and we spit on it and shake hands, I'm going to buy your vehicle from you and we thought it was paperwork. And then I don't buy that vehicle from you. And the judge says, you owe that person for that vehicle. He said, well, that's right. I mean, they they entered a covenant. They agreed upon it. You gave your word. That used to mean something. You gave you word. Nobody's going to add to it. Say, well, you've got to pay him double. Nobody's going to take away from it. saying you don't have to pay it. We understand that, don't we? Verse 16, Now to Abram and his seed were the promises made. He saith not and to seeds as of many, but as of one. And to thy seed, singular, which is Christ. Here's the good news. That covenant was made. It cannot be in this and It cannot be added to. And it was made with Christ. Verse 17, And this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ. Well, I thought he talked to Abram. Maybe we ought to quit thinking and see what God has to say about it. It was confirmed before of God in Christ. Now speaking of the law, that's the grace, the covenant of grace. The law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. That law everybody's worried about. That law everybody's wrapped around the axe. We ought to have ten commandments in the schools. (laughs) Might want to learn something about grace. We need to line them children out as God tells us to teach them. Train them up as they should go and they won't depart from it. But uh, we need to learn something about grace first. Or we'll just have well-behaved children all the way to hell. Why have the law then? If the law can't disannual it, if the law can't undo this covenant of grace, that's the first covenant. That's the first promise. Why have the law? Why do we have it? Verse 19 says, Wherefore then serve the law. What's the purpose of it? It was added because of transgressions. It was given because of sin. Till the seed, who we learn in Christ, Christ is the seed, isn't it? Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. Who did the Lord make that promise to, that covenant? To Christ. When? In Him, before time began. How do we find out about it? He gave it to a man. (laughs) And He sent a man to explain it to us. Verse 24, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. That was that servant that brought the children to school. He didn't teach them nothing. He didn't provide for them. He didn't give them an education. He just whipped them if they got out of line. Brought them to school. What's well, our school? <laughs> a schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. We're justified by faith, not the law. We're saved by grace, not by works. Verse 26, For ye are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. That's how you a child. That's how you're born. That's how the spirit comes to you. It's the faithfulness of Christ. What's my faith? His faith He's faithful. That's it. It's his, his faith. Is my faith in him? The faith he gives is in him. Yes, it is. Paul had room to boast, didn't he? He told us he said, "I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. Touching the law, I'm blameless. I circumcised that day. You can't hold nothing against me. No man can get him on the outside. He's going to run for politics. He was. You can't hold nothing to Him. And He said, but I count it all but dung. That was plain terms in those days. We ought to have plainer terms in our days. It's just a, a pile of dung that I may win Christ and be found in Him. Be found in Him. He tells us over in Romans 9, so then it's not of Him that willeth, nor of Him that runneth, but of God that shows mercy. That's the covenant. Our Lord wrote through John said, Those which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And verse 27 there in Galatians 3 says, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ's, then... Are you Abraham's seed? So they started with that seed. And they got away from it and, and told you who Christ is and what he did for his people. And he says, now that you, that you know him, now you can understand this covenant with physical Abraham. You get it? <laughs> and heirs according to what? The promise. According to the covenant. Everything God said to Abraham, he said to Christ long before time was. We get a hold of that. That covenant he gave, it was confirmed and In God, in Christ, before time was. This is the covenant between the Father and the Son. What does that got to do with us? Everything that the Father said to Christ, He says to all those that are in Christ. Anything He doesn't love His eldest son any less or more than He loves His youngest son. Does the Father love the Son? All that are in Him love the exact same. What a thought. Now back in our text. Genesis 17. Let's look at this as a picture of Christ. Everything that was said to Abraham was said to Christ. That's what's happening here. It we're, was we're, a conversation we're allowed to, to enter into. And do you know how few people enter into these things? I mean, this is Greek to many. Most of the world. Very few. A remnant. Enter into these things. The Lord has blessed us immensely to see His Son. I don't I don't get a hold of that as I ought to. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Why? i got brothers and sisters there that see Him too. And I want to hear about Him. Do you know what you can do for the orphans downtown? We'll worry about that later. I want to hear Him. We're going to open up soup kitchen. I ain't worried about no soup kitchen. I need to... To drink of Him. This is precious. Let's read this passage. As the Father speaking to the Son about that covenant of grace. Verse 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and 9. That's old, isn't it? How old was Christ when this covenant was made? This is the eternal God speaking to the eternal Son, isn't it? He always has been. The Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the mighty God. Walk before Me and be Thou perfect. You have to have a body to walk, ain't you? Was a body prepared for Him? Walk before Me and be Thou perfect. Christ is our covenant head. He came to this earth and He walked before the Father under His own holy law. And He walked perfect. He walked perfect. And it must be perfect. Every jot and every tittle of the law must be kept in perfection. Well, I think that's good enough. What you think don't matter. It has to be perfect as God says it's perfect. That's what we read in Leviticus 22. It says, "...whosoever offer the sacrifice of peace offerings unto the Lord to accomplish His vow, it shall be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no blemish therein. None." Well, if it's a blemish you can't see because it's on the inside. He said None. (laughs) No blemish. Mankind don't really like that. We like living in a gray area, don't we? we had, in the military, we had a thing called go-no-go. You do a test or, or perform a function, and you either passed or you failed. There was no letter grades. You didn't get a B plus, you know. And So I had a colonel one time, and he had to dip, disassemble a pistol and put it back together, blindfolded. And this was his idea. He came up with it. And I was running that station. And so he put his blindfold on, and he took it apart, and he put it back together and he did a function check and he did it wrong. And I said, no go. Do it again. And he whipped that blindfold up and said, what are you talking about? <laughs> I said, you didn't do it right. He said, yeah it is. Said, no, you didn't. He had to start over, didn't he? You either did it perfect or you didn't do it. God requires perfection. We don't have that, do we? We can't offer perfection in ourselves. You and I can't do that. None are righteous. No. Not one. <laughs> We are unable and we are unwilling. We aren't willing to do it. Christ, our representative, our covenant head, He willingly came to this corrupt earth and He honored the Father in all things perfectly. David wrote to us and said, Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in His holy place? He that hath clean hands. You ever do anything wrong? He that hath a pure heart. You ever thought anything? Wouldn't just up to par? Had a blemish? who has not lifted up His head, lift up his soul into vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. That's Him, not me. That's Him, not me. I must be in Him. And you know, that's speaking of everyone at 10 Christ. Those that the Father put in Him before the time began. Those that the Father established His covenant of grace for. You have clean hands. You have a pure heart. You've never lifted up your soul to vanity. You've always covered him when he was naked. You've always visited him in jail. You've always gave him to drink when he was thirsty. You've never sworn deceitfully. Lord, when have we done those things? He said, if you've done it to the least of these children, you've done it to me. That's going to be His work. You consider the willingness of our Lord. I can't get over that. Does this world offend you? You ever watched a movie and you're just like, oh man, I don't like watching that movie. Turn that off. You ever read a book you don't want to read and you're like, oh, throw that away. People. You ever been offended by people or somebody's actions? Does sin offend you? Does your own sin offend you? Imagine the holy God man. We, we drank iniquity like water. We're, we're wetter than fish are. The holy God man came to this earth. You think is offensive to him? And he has a true handle on what sin is. Because he has a true handle on what holiness is. Because he's holy. He can't be in his presence. What a, what a, what a pain that would be. He would be willing every day. He was our covenant head and few people know this. Adam was our covenant head too. <laughs> At first Adam, we fell in him. That's what Paul said, For by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover the law entered, that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the Father and the Son talking, isn't it? Look here at verse 2. And I will make my covenant between me and thee <laughs> and will multiply thee exceedingly. He's going to multiply him. What's that mean? As an old preacher, times past of another generation, not for this one. And he said the Lord looked one morning on His perfect holy Son. And in love, He said I'm going to make a whole people, a whole multitude just like Him. he fought predestination tooth and toenail where I come from. That means you're going to be conformed to the image of Christ. Don't you want to be conformed to His image? (laughs) You're going to be made just like Him. That seed, His incorruptible seed put in you, breathed on by the Spirit, is what's going to grow. He's going to abide in His people. Verse 3 says, And Abraham fell on his face. He humbled himself. Christ humbled himself, didn't He? Philippians 2.8 says, Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. The only one that had a right to stand up and complain never did. Well, it ought to be our example. It ought to be my example. It says, And God talked with him. He fell on his face and God talked with him. We'll look at this in a couple more weeks when we get to John 14. But he and his father are one. They had communion with one another. They spoke to one another. He told his disciples, he said, I'll pray the Father. He didn't say, I'll pray to the Father. I can't wait to enter into that. I hope we can in a few more, another month or two. He said, I pray the Father. What's that mean? Remember at Lazarus' tomb? Whenever he had died, that one that the Lord loved died. Martha's Mary are sitting there crying. Lord came, He wept, and He cried out loud. He said, I know that Thou hearest me always, Father. I know You always hear me. Lord always hears His children. We don't always hear for Him, do we? He said, Lord, I know Thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by for their sakes, I said it, that they may believe that Thou hast sent me. Why did He say that out loud? He told us. He said, I'm just saying this out loud so they'll believe. That they'll know. They're about to, I'm going to tell them and then they're going to see it. That's what's going to happen. He and his father, his father hears to him always. But do you know what? There was a time. There was three hours on this earth and he didn't hear him. He was forsaken of God. God forsook God. Darkness was upon the face of the earth for three hours. Why? So that you could believe. So that I could believe. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Did he not know why? He came for this hour. He said it out loud so we could understand he was forsaken. He said it out loud so we could understand that me, the noun, sin, became him. And I became him. He he was made sin. And we were made his righteousness. Verse 4 says, And as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. Abraham is exalted, lifted up. Or Abram is exalted. Abraham's being used. If the Lord's going to use us, he's going to knock us off our high horse, isn't he? Make us bow. And then we'll be useful. We ain't just going to be servants sitting idly by and a lazy boy watching stuff on TV. He said they will be profitable servants. Our elder brother, oh, what a profitable servant he was. What did Isaiah write? He was given a name, wasn't he? He said, and This is the name he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Is he the father of many nations? His name's the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And He says, of the increase of His government and peace, there shall be no end. He will multiply Him. He will increase Him. He said, if you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. The Father is faithful. And the Father is the Lord Jesus Christ. They're one. (laughs) They're one. Are we given a new name? The Lord came to Peter. came to Simon. He said, your name's Peter. He came to Saul. He said, your name's Paul came to Jacob, Israel. We we given Christ's name? He is the Lord our righteousness. That's His name. Then we read later on in Jeremiah, it says, and this is the name wherewith she shall be called, the Lord our righteousness. That's our surname given by Him. Verse 6 says, I will make thee exceeding fruitful and will make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee. What kings come out of Him? Well, there was David. We can go on a long time about that. Solomon, all the all these great kings throughout we have recorded, don't we? He's made us kings and priests. That's what we read in Revelation. Just made us kings and priests unto God and His Father. Isaiah said, "He shall see his seed and shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand." He said, "You will be exceedingly fruitful. You shall prosper." What we read in the New Testament. He will lose not one. Everyone put in His hand, He ain't going to lose one of them. He shall prosper. He shall save His people. How? Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. That's exceeding fruitful. The Son of Man must die. Here's the language. We're made lowercase kings. <laughs> in Revelation 1 6. We're made in him kings and priests. That's lowercase K. He's the king of kings, isn't he? The Lord of Lords. Here's the language of that great covenant again. Verse 7. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant. How long is that covenant going to last? Everlasting. From generation to generation. Does that mean it changes? Well, we're in the post-millennia era. Uh, what? <laughs> Calm down. Buddy. That covenant of grace was the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why? Because the God of that covenant is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Everlasting covenant. To be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. Verse 8 says, And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger. What land's that? We're strangers from God, ain't we? We're strangers from His kingdom we that son that had everything and ran away in our father Adam and brought back by our covenant head Christ. Because that's who we sinned against. So I'll give thee the land without a stranger in all, the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. What's this covenant? God does everything. We are given everything. He paid everything. We're bought, brought to be in His presence and He's our God. Why in the world somebody pick on me for that? Swing away, buddy. (laughs) If you can't enter into it, I hate it for you. I do. I pray for you. That is majestic, isn't it? We talk about love. Not one thing was asked of Abraham. And is there going to to be a response? You better believe it. (laughs) You better believe it. He's going to be a profitable servant. But not one thing was asked of him. It's not if-then statements. Now, if you do this, then I'll do that. He said, I'm going to do this. Period. That covenant of grace is God saying, I will and Christ shall. That's it. That's called salvation. That's how God saves sinners. He performs it. David's precious final words ought to teach us a whole lot. It ought to set our attitudes. And it ought to teach us what to look for, what to pray for, and everything else. He said, although my house be not so with God. Wasn't he just a wonderful, shining example of a mature believer? His house was in shambles, wasn't it? All his sons tried to kill him and call that wife, much of a wife. And horrible things. I'm Lord said, don't you know Israel? He did it anyway, didn't He? He said, my house is not so with God. Yet, He hath made with me an everlasting covenant. Ordered in all things. It's full. That covenant is full. There's nothing added to it, nothing to take away from it. And sure. It's ordered in all things and sure. For this is all my salvation. Him doing it is the only hope I have and I don't want anything else. And all my desire, although He make it not to grow. What does it mean He doesn't make it to grow? Well, physically His house wouldn't, as David had prayed for it, but do you ever see these, this covenant mercy? <laughs> And you see him who willingly came to the sin-cursed earth and laid down his life for it. And you say, "I want to know him more. I know him. You know him. You know him. You want to know him more? I want you be to, to, to nearer, still nearer, my Lord? I want to be nearer to him, don't you? And it doesn't feel like it's growing, does it? You ever, you ever felt when he's growing, when he's a teenager, and you can feel?" You growing the arms? I remember that right there on my forearms, man. That ate. I shot up several inches one summer. Oh boy, it hurt. And I was like, I don't know if I won't grow anymore. I think I'm tall enough. <laughs> if we feel it growing, boy, it's going to be painful. And it feels most of the time like we're not growing. But just like my children, I'm with them every day. I don't see a difference. And then, you know, you go away for a week, and it seems like it shot up two or three inches. There's growth taking place, but it sure doesn't feel like it, does it? So what do we do? Just Rely on Him for all of our salvation. Pray He makes us desire Him. Amen.